Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Thank you, Scott, and welcome back. He was not here last week. And what about your plants? How is your plant world doing? Ah. Uh, they're really dry, even though we had a little bit of rain. Not a bit enough. You better be watering or else maybe you're not seeing the decline yet, but the root systems on certain things, especially anything woody plant-wise that has been the ground in the ground less than three years, it's going to have some real trouble. But if you've got any questions, simply call 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. As usual, leading off Saturday morning is the Good Gardening Stroll. And then afterwards, we're going to talk about, well, what's impacting your trees, just like I talked about, your shrubs. And, man, the hydrangeas are absolutely spectacular. You can see <laughs> you're walking or driving, and you can see them for a block away. I mean, some of those things are just absolutely unbelievable. Other things have had some damage due to the weather, due to other plants growing close by and everything else. And uh, how about perennials, your shrubs, your ground covers, or anything planted in your outdoors? Or we can simply step inside and take a look at your tropical world. And uh, are there any insects out there? Suspicious growth or spots, transplanting, can you do it, taking cuttings, and well beyond that. I'll share my knowledge to help you make a good decision, and but the action you're going to take is going to be strictly up to you. And please remember, this is your show, and I appreciate you having me into your plant world. Another very important player is James. He's producing. He answers the phone. He just needs your first name, and then he spends the rest of his time pushing buttons and so you can hear what I'm saying. I'm Mike Miller. I've been hosting the Garden Hotline since 1994. And besides this uh, Saturday morning gets-together, I can come to your plant world for an on-site consultation. That's a walk-and-talk. Today, after the show, I'm headed to Cottonwood Road in Arnold. And you can go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com. The homepage has my email address and phone number where you can contact me. Well, let's get strolling. This walk is brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. Historic limestone steps climb the hill from Broadway. Sycamore street trees zip along. Pines and catalpas blend with huge oaks 
and smaller elms and all kinds of other things. All of a sudden, I wow, there's like three or four goldfinches flying by to say hello. View to the south, lots of industrial, commercial, and some residential. There's perennials, so many different varieties, too many to mention, but they're throwing white and yellow and purple and orange out into the world of color. Squirrels are having breakfast. There's a pavilion that stands there, a symbol of long ago. And right next to it is a pretty new playground. Fantastic overview of the Mississippi River Valley. To the east, Dutch white clover dominates the recently mowed lawn areas. Benches blend with wrought iron fencing. Historic metal sign explains the history of the area. And that was installed in 1970, this sign, 1970, by the Carondelet Historic Society. Well, here I am in Belle Reve Park, just a few steps away, down the hill a little bit. There's Milkweed for Monarchs, a St. Louis Butterfly Project. And several other birds were singing out to remind me, time is up, I got to get moving. So if you do have any questions or concerns, 314 436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Why don't we go ahead and try to get Carol in before we take a break? Hi, Carol. Hi. Hi. Uh, Thanks a lot for answering my call. Um, I have a clematis that I've had for three years, and I don't know what happens to it. It starts out beautifully, you know, just leafing, 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 and it blooms out. And then all of a sudden, it just starts dying at the root. Maybe two or three flowers, and now it's brown all around the root. So the foliage is all brown? No, oh. it's all green. Okay. So basically, clematis take a few years to get established, more than three years. So it's really? just not quite got itself together yet. So you're just going to have to be a little bit more patient. Sometimes it could be as many as five years before you're going to get continuous growth. Now, are you talking about the flowers that are going brown? No, I don't have any flowers. I had three so far, and this thing is overgrown. Right. So it's just a matter of maturity and everything else. And clematis like an alkaline soil, so don't put anything, you know, that has any iron or sulfur fertilizer-wise around it. Uh, Just be very cautious of that. I was putting banana water on it. (laughs) I don't know what banana water is going to do, but uh, just I would say use if you're getting you know nice growth foliage wise and everything else. It's just going to be a matter of just being patient and uh, keeping your fingers crossed. Okay, any kind of fertilizer I can do to encourage blooms? Yeah, uh, not while it's still young. You don't really want it to bloom necessarily because okay. flowering really kind of could cause a disaster. So its root system. Is going to be pretty substantial, but it's still got to get that established before it can produce flowers and stay healthy as a result of the flowering. Okay. Thank you. Yep. 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. We have some phone lines open if you'd like to give us a call. We go where you go. 1120 AM, 98.7 FM, KMOX.com. Yes, folks, if you do have any annuals, they certainly like to be kept watered. Ha, 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 ha. 
as I just was talking about, and fertilize too. I fertilize my annuals, which some of them are summer bulbs. I've got some pretty good growth on uh, my uh, morning glories and moonflower vines right now. But other things, too, I've got all kinds of... This year, I decided to kind of concentrate on colorful foliage. So lots of different dots and whites and pinks and purples and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I do fertilize every two weeks. So I, I have a granular type that I mix in water and then just pour it onto the plants. You could do it any way you want to. But uh, if you do use granular type and you don't mix it in water, you do need to water it in. So keep that in mind. And also, if you're fertilizing certain things that have a lot of or have more than one inch or so of mulch, pull the mulch back, put the fertilizer down, water it in, and then put the mulch back because the mulch can bind up uh, your fertilizer and prevent it from getting to the plant roots. Then it's doing no good. Let's go now to Lisa's yard. Hi, Lisa. Hi, this is Lisa from Salem. Um, I have a a berm that is um, a raised berm, and I have like nine arborvitaes planted. They've been there like four years at least, and they're beautiful. But the people that put them in for us, um, I think we probably could have done a better job, but we still have those trees staked because if we take the stake out, they're going to blow over. Whoa. So we, we don't know what to do. I, I guess we're going to have to wait till fall to like redo them, but they are like six foot tall. So what do you think? That's going to be a lot of work and those things are going to be really, really heavy. Now, if they're healthy, yeah. Why they haven't established, you know, the root systems after four years is really kind of uh, incredibly amazing. Well, we watched them do it, and it was weird, but I, 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 you know, they were professionals, so I assumed they knew what they were doing. But they did not till the ground. They, they just um, put down weed killer. And then um, they put down all the new dirt, and then they put the trees on top of the new dirt. So would the roots get all the way down? Well, I don't understand. How deep is this soil that they put on top of the berm? So I was there a berm there first, and then they started planting? No. Oh, so they created the berm? Right. Yeah, that's they should have before a berm is being built. You should always rototill the area underneath yeah. it. And yeah. uh, I don't know how deep the berm is, but it's or how high it is. But uh, I mean, I mean, it's pretty high. So I mean, that's why they're beautiful and thriving. Right. But but they're not taking root. Yeah, that's you know the fact that they've done well. You know, without having a really established root system after this many years. Yeah. You, you consider yourself lucky. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it could be the other way around. So right. I would say, you know, there's really not too much you can do. You don't want to pull them up and try to replant them and because you're going to have to redo all the soil and everything else. Yeah. So yeah. I would say just kind of, I mean, 
There's nothing wrong with having them, you know, cabled or, you know, supported with any kind of, you know, you know, lines or anything else. Mm-hmm. So I would say just leave, leave everything alone. Yeah. I mean, I even considered maybe trying to take the berm down, but I guess I, it would still be just a huge job. Right. You know? You're talking yeah. about, yeah. I mean, labor intensive and lots and lots and lots of work. And I don't know if it's going to be to the advantage of the Arborvati or not. So have they yeah, grown I'm, at all? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, they have. So, Which is amazing. Right. So I would say just uh, maybe uh, when fall comes around, let's say mm-hmm. maybe not quite fall, the end of August or so, get some fertilizer for acid-loving plants and you know, mm-hmm. put a little fertilizer around the where the root ball is, water it in, and then maybe that'll help kick some growth into the root system. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yeah, because, I mean, if you try to redo this thing, it's going to be a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much. Okay. And now let's go over to Kathy's yard. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Mike. Hi. It's Kathy from St. Charles. Hi. Um, I have a problem with, um, I put some chameleon plants, flowers in several years ago, and um, they're very beautiful, but I've been trying to remove them because they've been so invasive in the rest of the garden. (laughs) So I know what you're going to tell me, but I thought I'd call anyway. So (laughs) I pulled it out. I've removed it. I've been trying to remove it for the last five years and, you know, pulling it out as it comes up in between my Pachysandra and my Hostas. So, and then this week I thought I would just try to paint paint some weed killer on the chameleon, but I'm not sure it's doing anything. So. Well, it's not going to be instantaneous. And also, uh-huh. anytime you want to, I don't know, if it's all mingled in, it's going to be tough to do. But uh, anytime you're going to paint any kind of herbicide onto the foliage of something, squeeze it or, you know, knock some holes in it so it can absorb it quicker. Mm-hmm. And that's about all you're going to be able to do. So pulling these, pulling is not really the answer. <laughs> no, you can. It's just going to be labor intensive. Now you can that's give weird. up your membership at the gymnasium because you're going to get all your biceps built by pulling all this stuff up. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it does have advantages to have invasive you know, plant materials. What is chameleon good for? Is there, I mean, it, it is pretty the the foliage but does it have any other other well i mean you see how invasive it is so it really it's for you know circumstances where you know you don't have something else planted there and you just let it go ahead and take care of the space all by itself Mm -hmm. and that's i mean that's the advantage of aggressive ground covers yeah all right. Well, thanks for the show. I've been enjoying it since the 70s, I think, maybe the 80s, but thank you so much. <laughs> well, maybe not quite that long, but anyway. <laughs> since I'm pretty the 90s. Sure it was the 80s. 94. 90s, okay. <laughs> so, All right. Well, thanks so much. Sure. Thanks, Kathy. And now let's head over to, hmm, let's go to Mark's yard. Hi, Mark. Uh, hey there. How are you? Good. Uh, I actually had a question about uh, buckeye trees. I've 
My dad and grandpa used to collect them all the time, and I've, I've been having a hard time trying to find a, like a, an actual buckeye tree to grow myself or I just one in my area, actually. So you're trying to get one from a, a garden center? Is that what you're trying to do, or are you trying to find a buckeye and then plant it and grow it that way? Uh, I just think it's kind of a little bit of both. Uh, I've been trying just to find one because I, I really wanted to start to collect uh, some buckeyes myself, actually. Yeah, I mean, the buckeyes are really kind of unique. Uh, the Christie Park, which is right across the street from us, they have three or four red buckeyes. And, I mean, they oh, wow, just finished okay. flowering. So, I mean, the, generally you think of them as a whites. But uh, I would say just go online and look and, you know, maybe go to the Missouri Botanical Garden website and see if, they, if their website can recommend some place that may have them. Or just, you know, go to, you know, some of the local garden centers specialize in trees and that might be a you know a good place to go. Don't, the big box places don't bother with that. So it's got to be the garden centers that are year-round garden centers. Oh, okay, year-round garden centers. Yeah, big box places are not going to have something that let's say unique. Uh, okay. So good uh, luck with that. And yeah, I mean, check the Missouri Botanical Garden website to see if they might have a location that does does carry them. I don't know if they do that or not, but it's mo, M-O, bot, B-O-T, dot org. And uh, just check that out and then start looking at the year-round garden centers. So thanks, okay. Mark. And now let's head over. Well, why don't we go ahead and take a break? We do have phone lines open, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What defines us is who we are as a collective group and, and uh, how we progress and gain momentum through the season. The Coach's Corner with St. Louis City Coach Bradley Carnell. Mondays at 935 on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. 314-436-7900-1800-925-1120. Right now we're heading over to Shirley's yard. Hi, Shirley. 
Hi. Uh, I don't really have a, a question, but I wanted to thank you for talking about Bell Reef Park this morning. <laughs> I, well, sure. I grew up on the first house on Bell Reef that faces where the bridge is in front of it, where you go up to the park. Oh, yeah. And so I have such happy memories there. And in the summertime, we used to hear the calliope from the Admiral, and we were so close there that we would run up to the park and see the Admiral going down the river. Wow. I mean, it, it, and to hear that they have new playground equipment, that's just fantastic. I mean, that was just such a big memory of when I was a kid. Well, great. Well, I'm glad to hear it. It's a neat, you know, it's a neat place. Yeah, it, 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 the neighborhood has changed since I was there, I've heard anyway, but it's just fantastic that they're keeping the park nice and everything for right. the for the neighborhood. So I just wanted to thank you. Well, sure. My pleasure. Thank okay, you bye. for calling. Okay. And now let's go to Angie. Hi, Angie. Yes, I've got a some peonies that are on the, on the east side of the house, I guess. Uh, they got like a dust bean. It looks like they got not mold, but it. And they usually get it like in later, like in August, September. Well, they've got it now. Right. So is there something do for it, or well, it just... I mean, it's powdery mildew. What you know, the, the bad side of powdery mildew is simply, it, you know, it makes it so the plant, it's a little bit tougher for the foliage to make food because of, you know, the nutrients and moisture come up from the root system up to the leaf, and then the leaf uses sun to make food. And just, so, you know, that's sort of the detrimental part of this happening this soon. But, uh, you know, every year is going to be somewhat different. Uh, and uh, I would say there's not really anything that you can do that's going to make that much difference as far as like putting a fungicide on it or anything like that. Okay, because my neighbors have it on their side of the house, and it's it's like the west side, and they don't have it. It's just my side of the. Yeah, maybe it's just so you know less like a little bit more shaded, a little bit more humidity, that kind of thing. That's why it's a little bit uh, sooner than usual, but. Uh, like I say, every year, according to weather and all kinds of various other factors, nothing is going to ever be, let's say, calendar-prone when we're talking about plant material in this region. Yeah. So just leave it as is and hope for the best for right. next year. Are they okay. falling? Do you put cages on them and hold them up? Uh, I'll put, like, a little fence or something to keep them from leaning on the ground. But right. I haven't done yeah, but okay. I, I tried to do that, yeah. So, all right, well, that's all I wanted to know. I didn't know if I should spray something or if I just can leave it as is. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a lot of work, and this is something that the peonies do every year regardless of what you do, and you just, you're not going to be able to, pre to prevent it, so. Okay, that's all I need to know. Well, thank you for your service. Sure, my pleasure. And now let's go to Barb's yard. Hi, Barb. Hi, Mark. Um my question being about knockout roses, uh, they're doing very poorly. They're about three years old now. Uh, will I've fed them twice now. Uh, is there anything that will improve circumstances, or uh, are they not getting enough sun? What would cause them not to bloom enough? Well, basically, they want to be in full sun all day long, every day. Oh, Oh. And if they're not in that circumstance, and also if whatever's creating the shade, if it's plant material oh. close by, like trees or something like that, that
that can certainly have an adverse impact as well. So sun okay. all day long, every day. When you don't do that with the, any kind of rose, it's going to be disappointing. Okay, that's it. Then, I, yeah, there's tree nearby. And, yeah, they're not getting enough sun, huh? Even right. though no matter how much I feed them, that's not going to do it. No, <laughs> it won't. Okay, so I can... It's like when you're not feeling well yourself, eating is not going to make you feel better. And so feeding a rose or feeding any kind of plant material okay. when it's not doing well is not going to help it. It's going to probably hurt it more so than help. Okay. I have three acres and can't find enough sun for <laughs> to plant things in. Wow. Um, okay. Uh, well, it's, you know, open yard. You, uh, well, anyway, lots of trees and, yeah, can't find enough sun. Okay, but that's it then. Thanks. Right. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, it's just you're not going to find any rose that's going to be really all that successful. Uh, even the wild roses, uh, you know, growing along the road, they're along a roadway and they're getting plenty of sunlight or else they would not be, you know, functioning. So you're, that's what's happening. Okay, okay. Long choice. I should know that. All right. Thank you. Sure. Appreciate my pleasure. It. Yep, my pleasure. And now let's go from Barb's yard over to Rich's yard. Hi, Rich. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. You might have answered this question already today, but I'm doing some cleanup. I got um, out here in Jefferson County on my property, and I got a bunch of honeysuckle that I want to kill. And so I'm going to cut it down. What do I put on the, the cut to kill the roots? Basically, what you need to do is get Roundup for killing woody plants. It'll say Roundup for poison ivy killer, but it will kill any kind of woody plant material. So make the cut at a 45-degree angle, about a foot above the ground, and then paint the roundup directly right onto that cut as soon as you make it. Paint it or can I spray it? Uh, you can spray it, but uh, you just got to make sure it soaks. You know, you get plenty yeah. of herbicide on that open wound from the cut. Okay. And will the roundup, it'll roundup will kill anything on the ground around it as well? No, it won't. And only if you, if you spray anything... It, you know, any of the spray that gets on the plant material that's surrounding it, it will. But if you paint it right onto the open cut, then it's not going to kill anything other than the honeysuckle. Okay. Thank you so much. Yep. My pleasure. So 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Just remember, anytime you do any kind of application, whether it's fertilizer, whether it's herbicide, whether it's fungicide, anything at all, read the label first and understand the label. And if you don't, then you could be making a mistake. You could be hurting your plant material more than you're doing good. So some of the nice things that I'm starting to see now, uh, which are even growing better than mine, is the summer bulbs, the cannas and the elephant ears, I haven't seen any caladiums yet, but uh, the cannas and elephant ears, I've seen a lot of those. And some of the cannas, I don't know if these people, you know, I'm seeing this as I'm walking by their house and things like that. I mean, they're like five five feet high already, so they must have been growing them inside or something. Because mine, I've been monkeying around with my uh, cannas and my elephant ears, you know, I want, I don't want to say abusing, but yes, I guess I am abusing them. So I left them in the garage. I didn't do a whole lot to them. 
And now they're, I mean, they're coming back. They look okay. It's just they're pretty small, but this is pretty early. I mean, it is only mid-June, so I should not say that they should be bigger than they are. They're as big as they can be. So now let's, why don't we take another call before we take a break? Let's go over to Mark Shard. Hi, Mark. Hi, Mike. Hi. Thank you for your show and your program. Sure. Um, I, I slept in late today, and I missed the 30, uh, 30 minutes prior. But I'm calling about my rose bushes. I got three of them. And uh, they were last year about chest high. And in December, we pruned them about, uh, we took about one-third off. So now they're about waist high. But when they came back this year, they did bloom out and give us a, a flush of roses. But all the leaves have fallen off. Ooh. There's very few stalks that are still green. What's going on? Um. Uh... Are these shrub roses, or are they like hybrid teas and grandiflorous type? I don't know. I I just picked them up all at one time, planted them about three or four years ago. I don't know what kind they are. How many stems do they have coming up out of the ground? Over two dozen. Oh, so then they're shrub type roses. Well, the okay. shrub some of the shrub roses throughout the region suffered some major damage due to the weather this year. Fall, Back in November. Yeah, I mean with that really that cold snap and so even though they've had a flush that you know those buds were already set and so consequently yeah. they opened up but you know that's kind of surprising that you had any flowers at all because you pruned them at the correct time but that usually would eliminate any kind of flowering potential right right and, and so the fact that they had enough energy to produce a flower and then but uh, a lot of them have just you know really let's say crashed and burned right well they still got from the flush that they had i still have the red blooms on the bushes wow all the leaves have just dried up and fallen yeah so i mean enjoy the flowers while you can but that doesn't sound good as far as a potential for them to be uh producing any kind of growth for the future so they may be done with right right exactly Okay. I mean, I are, do you fertilize them at all? Miracle Grow. Okay. So just make sure you use rose food because it's going to have some nutrients that, you know, roses need specific type things. And so consequently, that's about all you can really do. And then you can wait till next year and see what's going to happen. But uh, it doesn't right. sound good. But uh, keep trying to doctor them and feed them and because you've said before when a plant don't feel good and it's in distress right it's like it's like us being sick right you don't want to eat you don't want to eat right well i sure thank you for your program sure my pleasure so just make sure it doesn't go they don't go through any kind of drought stress at all and then if they are showing any future growth then that's when you would be fertilizing them with rose food Sure. All right, Mike. Thank you for your program. Blessing to you. Well, great. Well, thanks. 
314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, back to the phones we go. Let's go to Carter's yard. Hi, Carter. Hello, Mike. Uh, we have uh, we have a spot in our yard uh, that's opened up to plant a tree. We're it's on the northeast side of the house, so it only gets sunlight in the morning, probably till about ten o'clock, maybe eleven. Uh, and we're looking at maybe uh, an ornamental maple, like a Japanese maple or something. But I'm wondering. Should we be planting a tree now, or should we hold off until the fall? Yeah, I would not do it now because it, we—it's just going to be—it make make it through fine, but we don't know what our weather's going to be like, and it's going to be a lot of work. And I think just better off, maybe you can go ahead and you've got this spot already located, and uh, just kind of p- sort of mentally plan on getting it, but uh, don't do any kind of insulation until. Probably uh, maybe mid to late August would be the soonest, and then you can plant all the way up until like Thanksgiving. Okay, yeah, we've we've got the soil prepared uh, and, and everything. It was a bare spot in the yard, and so we did some work on it. But I, I will wait until fall then because uh, I don't want to spend a couple hundred dollars and then just watch it die next spring. Right. So, so and remember, okay. just you know, when you do get it. Dig the hole three times the diameter of the root ball of the plant that you're purchasing, but only 80% as deep because you want to make sure the top of the root ball is above the surrounding ground. So if there is any settling, you won't have any water around it. So the Japanese maple sounds fine, but uh, take a look at the service berry, too. That's a native Missouri plant, tree, ornamental tree, spring flowering before the dogwoods, nice fall color, and then also get some fruit on it, too. Uh, probably like 15, maybe 15 feet. Yeah, we're trying to stay smaller than that. Oh, smaller than that, okay. Yeah, yeah. So we, we don't want it to get much more than 10, 12 feet at the most. Okay, well, those Japanese maples are going to get bigger than that. Well, okay, we have a neighbor across the street that's got some ornamental maple. We'll have to figure out what it is. That's only about 9 foot tall, and they've had it for probably 10 years. Okay. Uh, so we'll have to figure out what the variety is on that. Right. But that's what that's what we're looking at getting is something that's uh, 8 to 12 feet tall. Okay. And again, okay, well, you know, as I re- recommended to an earlier caller, go to the Missouri Botanical Garden website, and they can give you a list of all the trees that are going to stay within that range of what you're talking about. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the help. Sure. My pleasure. And now let's head over to Bill's yard. Hi, Bill. Hi, Mike. Hi. I uh, would like to know when I can cut back my asparagus. You can do it right now. Okay. So, in other words, have you harvested it? Oh. Yeah. No. Okay. It got away from me. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, you can do it right now. Okay, and then uh, to uh, get rid of the grass in it, it kind of sprung up all of a sudden. Even though it's the plants are there, can I put some of that black plastic over it for a while? Uh, the weeds. I would say, 
if your asparagus has been growing well and everything else, you put black plastic on soil and you could create a, you know an environment in that soil with the humidity and everything else and the heat that you could do damage to the soil and then consequently it could impact the ability of your asparagus to con- continue to be producing. Okay, so that per that not the solid plastic, but that perforated wouldn't work either, right? Well, I mean that's a little bit better, but that I mean that will help control somewhat, but it's not going to really eliminate yeah. you know what you yeah. have. I guess I'll wait for it to get wet and then pull it the hard way. Exactly. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much, Mike. Sure, my pleasure. Now let's head over to Stephen's yard. Hi, Stephen. Hey, Mike. It's uh, devastating to my red oak trees. Um, what's what's the best course and what's the survival rate? Are you talking about the galls, G-A-L-L? Well, all I know is I've already lost like five red oak trees, and uh, they lose all the leaves, and within a year, they're dead. The trees are, these are big, mature trees. Um, some type of blight or something is getting into them, and uh, I was just wondering if you know anything about that or point me in the right direction. Well, again, I'd probably you know try the Missouri Botanical Garden website and see what they're recommending. Okay, sir. I'll go that route. Yep. So mobot.org or have a tree service come out, and uh, sometimes that works really well as far as having, you know, get that expert advice. But if you lost that many trees, that's, you know, I mean, that doesn't sound good. And it sounds like they're mature, too, and that's even worse. Oh, yeah, these trees are, oh, 20 inches or better in uh, diameter. Right. Uh, uh, And I had a swim service come out, and it was talking about injecting the trees with a treatment. Okay. And uh, it's an annual thing. They have to do it every year from now on. Right. And uh, what do you have any idea? Does that sound familiar to you or you know what they're talking about? Yeah. I, I mean, uh, generally, you know, I I don't know specifically what's, you know, what the problem is with your red oaks. But uh, if the tree service is saying this and then you're paying for each tree, you know, annually. Correct. Correct. But they're not. All right. Yeah, I've lost five beautiful trees, and oh, I got them. And they're saying the the red oaks, will, it'll, the disease will kill the red oaks in one year, and it'll take about ten years to kill my white oaks. Generally, the white oaks and you know are pretty much disease free. So I'm surprised you must have a a lot of like, a big yard full of trees. Absolutely, yeah. It's 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 a forest. <laughs> okay. And, yeah. So, all right. Uh, I'll go to the um, the website and and I keep hey great program listen to you every Saturday morning so uh, keep up the good work. Well, thanks, thanks for having me on your show. I greatly appreciate it. And so good luck with that, Stephen. It's you know sad to hear that you're having that kind of damage to you know mature trees because that's in twenty inches. I mean that's not huge. That's not like fully mature, but that's still getting pretty good size. And just the the whole setting is ruined if you're having to take that many trees out. So it's just uh you know it's under it's just kind of creepy in a way. But that's you know that's nature and not too much you can do. 
just watch out, uh, you know, one note for slimy stuff on your sidewalk and things like that. So just realize that's probably slugs or snails, and they can do some damage to plant material like uh, hostas and things like that. So if you start seeing holes, Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after the news. Now at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, folks, welcome to the tip of the trial hour. It's a special on-air recognition for an individual group or situation that's made an impression on me this past week. And it's brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. Right now, if you have any ideas, questions, concerns, or comments related to your plant world or whatever, yes, there's got to be plants, none of that fake stuff. I'm starting to see more and more now. They're really doing a good job with these artificial flowers and plants and stuff. People (laughs) setting them out in pots, but... uh, Talk about easy care, yes. The only thing they will do is uh, in a couple years they'll fade because of the sun will fade them. Anyway, you can call 314-436-7900-1800-925-1120. And we can talk about it. And thanks for inviting me onto your show where discussions range from making plant selection for a specific location, how to care for those, talking about what should be done during peak season and humdrum times, whether it's annuals, summer bulbs, herbs, vegetables, fruit trees, evergreens, herbaceous ground covers or evergreen ground covers, and blah, 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 the rest of the plant world that we try to grow here. And, I mean, we have a great variety of things. I'll share my thoughts, but please remember my answers, comments, and opinions is not the only garden path that will take you to success, but strictly offered for you to consider. And by the way, another very important player is James. He answers the phone. He just needs your first name, and then uh, he will get it onto the computer screen, and then I will talk to you. Today's producer, I said, it's James. And uh, let's see, who am I? Oh, I'm Mike Miller. I've been hosting the Garden Hotline since 1994. And... Besides Saturday morning get-together, I can come to your home and do a walk-and-talk consultation. And you can go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com, and the homepage will have my email and phone number. Email is probably an easier way to get a hold of me so we don't have to play phone tag. And as I said before, today's Tip of the Trial is brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. Well, I have epilepsy, and I take medication, and it kind of messes up my uh, equilibrium. And this past week, I was well, I walk a lot, but I fell into a fence post and banged my head and my leg up pretty bad. So we went to the urgent care on Gravoy, the TUAC, and I want to thank and give a tip of the trowel to the staff there. Uh, especially Dr. Daniel. I didn't get his last name, but he has curly hair, so that was kind of nice. And his assistants, Olivia and Lori. And also somebody gave me a tetanus shot, which I needed, and I, somebody gave me a CAT scan. And when we were going into the CAT scan, I said, I'm not a cat. What, do I, what is a CAT scan? Anyway, I'm just kidding. But uh, so anyway, I guess I've recovered to a certain point, but it's just, you know, 
this aging thing plus this medication and stuff. Oh, oh well, that's the way it goes. But anyway, this all the staff at the TUAC on Gravelway. I think it's Gravelway and McKenzie. I'm not exactly sure what the cross street is. Uh, that's pretty dumb of me. I should know that. We go by it all the time. But anyway, thanks to them for taking care of me. I got stitches on my head. And uh, <laughs> first time in my entire life, like I said, I'm going to be 74 on June 30th. But I've never had a stitch in my whole life up to this point. Now I got five. And so, anyway, right above my eye. I was just lucky it didn't hit my eye. So, thanks to them. Greatly appreciate it. Let's take a call or two before we go to break. And let's go now to, mm-hmm, let's, how about Jeff's yard? Hi, Jeff. Um, hi, guys. How's it going? Good. Uh, we planted two apple trees uh, two years ago, so they're still kind of, Young, uh, I keep getting these little yellow uh, egg sacs underneath the leaves. They kind of look like egg sacs or something. And I've tried uh, some seven spray and some other kind of fruit tree spray, and I can't seem to get rid of them. Can you recommend anything? Uh, let's see. I can't exactly think of what that would be. Is it causing damage to the foliage? Yes. A couple oh. of the leaves are di- are starting to die. And it almost looks like, I don't know, some kind of fly or something that's on her. That's lit. I guess they're egg sacs. I don't know what that, I mean, I'm, that's, I don't know what that is. Yeah, so I would say if you're going to try to control them, you're, you're going to have to spray directly onto the adult. And then in the future, plan on, or probably what I would do is go in to your favorite garden center, year-round garden center, and get some summer weight horticultural oil. And just read the directions on the label on spraying that. What that will do will suffocate the eggs. It will suffocate the adults or anything, you know, that could be problematic. And then during the wintertime, spray a dormant oil spray and see be, to make sure that you're getting things under control. Okay. Um, also, they're not – It have a plum tree too also, but they're not affecting them. I mean, it's just like they're on the apple trees only. Is is that weird? Well, not necessarily because, I mean, certain bugs, certain insects go after certain things and they don't fool around with other things. I mean, like, so you just, you never know what it's going to be. Okay. Uh, so do I spray them often? Do I spray them once a week? Do just I read the label. No. I mean, with the summer weight horticultural oil, read the label, but you're probably only going to need to spray once and then probably wait for a couple of weeks and maybe spray again. Okay. That's awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Sure. My pleasure. And then again, remember to get some dormant oil spray to spray during the wintertime when there's no foliage or anything in case there's something, you know, that's on the stems, you know, that could be problematic for your apples. Because they've come back. I mean, this is the second year in a row they've come back and I sprayed it last year, but Okay, I'll, uh, I got it written down. I'll uh, go pick up some of that and see if that works. All right, great. Thank you, sir. Yep, and now let's go to Peggy's yard. Hi, Peggy. Hi, Mike. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I've got, I noticed my, I've got a couple tomato plants, and something is eating the leaves and the, the stems. Ooh. It's just, yeah, it's going crazy. I'm like, what the heck happened? One time it was all filled with leaves, and now it's like real barren. And so the other day, I sprinkled, like, cayenne pepper powder on there. I thought, well, maybe it'll keep it away. 
because it also, what it was, attacked my sweet potato vine. So you're not, you don't see any insects at all? No. No insects at all. Wow. I had a couple tomatoes on there. I figured, first I thought, well, squirrels stole my tomatoes. But the, I mean, I've never heard of the squirrels eating all the leaves and the stems. No, it's not going to be squirrels. Yeah. I mean, and usually, I mean, it's a little bit surprising. I mean, you can see some holes. The only thing I could think that could probably be this is maybe a Japanese beetle. They're starting to show up. They uh-huh. usually don't go after tomatoes, but uh, that might be you know what it is. But I would say go out early in the morning and ch- mm-hmm. and check your plants to see if you can see what kind of insect is causing this problem. Okay. Because later on in the day, they kind of, you know, they hide themselves when it gets it starts getting warm. But early in the morning, that's when they're going to be most active. Oh, that's when the beetles will be? Okay. Right. Like how, or, I mean, I've looked around 7. I didn't see anything on there. <laughs> well, that's pretty early. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I was wondering. Now, this is one other thing I saw. I've seen a couple skinks around. You think the skinks are eating it? No, no not really. No? Okay. For some reason, these guys are delicious to whatever's eating them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, tomatoes have a lot of moisture, so a lot of times that could be because it is, you know, like I said, it's extremely dry. And so people, I mean people, bugs can be desperate just like people as far as for moisture. Yeah, but I also have right next to them is a bird bath with water. Ah, wow. That's why it's kind of puzzling then, you know. What was going after it. <laughs> right. That is a little bit uh, weird. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, take care of yourself, and thanks for taking my call. Sure. My pleasure. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. KMOX, the 2023 Large Market Radio Station of the Year, recognized by the Missouri Broadcasters Association. KMOX, we were built for this. Perfect time of year to get your soil tested so you can make any kind of improvements or changes that are needed according to what the soil test will take you. So, or tell you, not take you. It will take you, take your soil. But anyway, University of Missouri Extension, there's an office that you can drop off your soil sample uh, in Kirkwood. Also, if you have any questions about soil testing or anything else, 314-400-2115. And uh, they're about $25 or $30 for a soil test, and it can make a huge difference on the performance of your plant material. So just always keep that in mind. Let's head over to uh, Don's yard. Hi, Don. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, let me see. I had two questions. I have uh, last fall I uh, planted some grass, just a patch area, and now the grass that has come up, it's watered well and as well as the grass around it. But it's it has a reddish color to it. Is that I get some funny grass or something, or <laughs> that's just really curious about that? Yeah, I mean uh, that's a little bit tough to kind of figure that out. So you don't know what kind of grass seed you bought, or it was a sod. I you no, know, it was grass seed, and I bought it from a, a garden center, and I thought it was fescue. Yeah, but it's just it has like red. Uh, if, I can't call it stalks, but uh, that's the stems that are coming up. The grass, it cuts, it grows, it is it, just reddish. Hmm. That's kind of interesting because uh, is it right at the base only that you see the reddish color? Uh, yes. 
Oh, so that I would say, well, that is a fescue, so I would say don't worry too much about it. Okay. All right. And then I had a second question. Um, I also have a farm in mid-Missouri, and uh, I have an area where a bunch of bamboo has grown, mm-hmm. and uh, and I hate it. And uh, I, I'm trying to figure out what I can do to get rid of it. I, I think I've heard you say the best thing to do is try to dig it up, but... It's it's all rock underneath it. It's, it's bamboo and it's on rock. I just is there something I could spray on it due to it that will kill it? I've had cattle on in areas that and they take care of it, but they're not all everywhere I need them to be. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Those dumb cows. But yeah, I yeah, mean, it's gonna it's gonna take a, a while if you've got like the golden groove bamboo, and I mean they're extensive, very invasive. And you're just going to have to go after it with, like, an herbicide for killing woody plants. Woody plants. Okay. So, like, regular herbicides. So, like, a Roundup for killing poison ivy woody plants, that would be, you know, one to to consider. Okay, I'll I'll try that. All right. All right, thank you. Sure. Have a great day. You, You do the very same thing. And now let's go to Charlie's yard. Hi, Charlie. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I have a quick question. You may have answered it already, but I didn't hear it. I have English ivy growing all over the yard. Is there any way to get rid of it other than digging it up, or is there some sort of a spray that you could apply to it to get rid of it? So is it growing in lawn, or is it growing in, like... It's it's growing in mulch. Oh, in mulch. So you're not... Just be really careful, and basically, I mean, English ivy, that's kind of tough stuff. So just realize, step on it, damage it, and then spray a broadleaf weed killer on it. A broadleaf weed killer. Right. Okay. I've been trying to spray some uh, of my own homemade mixture of uh, vinegar and salt, but that doesn't seem to do much to it other than kill the leaves. It's not killing the root system. Right. That's what's really important. So make sure that whatever herbicide that you get is systemic. But it's still well-established, you know, English ivy is going to be extremely difficult to get under control. Tell me about it. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, do you you have a recommendation for this uh, herbicide that I can spray on it? No, I would say just go to your favorite garden center and see what they, you know, what they would recommend. Because I okay. don't know, I mean, there's so many different products that are, that are going to be effective, but uh, that way, if they don't happen to carry that product, you can just use whatever they are going to recommend. Something for to, to kill the system, the woody system, yes, right? Right. So a systemic, S Y S T E M I C. A systemic killer. Okay. Right. Thanks, so that, Mike. That kills above ground growth and below ground both. All right. Thank you very much. All right. So, and now let's go to, uh, let's see what's going on with Joyce. Hi, Joyce. Yeah, I was calling about my cabbage and uh, asparagus and all that. It's got holes in it, and I'm trying to figure out what's eating it. Well, you know, it's hard to say because there's so many different kinds of insects. But eating your asparagus, I can't figure out what there would be eating on your asparagus. I'm sorry, not a fair cauliflower in the cabbage. Yeah, so, and this is kind of getting near the end of the season for those because those are cool season, you know, vegetables. 
And uh, if you're just seeing, you know, holes in the leaves, I wouldn't be overly concerned with it. But uh, there's not to, I mean, you're going to have to kind of just use a nice, let's say, organic type fertilizer, organic type insecticide. So uh, go to your favorite garden center, maybe if they have any of the, the products for, you know, organic product for, you know, that you could use on vegetables. Oh, well, I use the, uh, the, uh, the dirt, you know, the organic dirt. And so that's not happening. No, I would say, again, try, you know, try the Missouri Botanical Garden website. But uh, this, okay. you know, this late in the season, I don't know if it's worth the trouble. Well, they come coming up a little bit, but not that much. Right. So it's like it's kind of the end of their time. They are, you know, like I said, spring cool season growers. And once the weather starts getting really hot, they kind of go downhill on their own. Oh, I, I, this is my first year trying festers and stuff. Oh, okay. Acres and stuff doing again. The, the uh, romaine lettuce is like three feet tall. <laughs> Whoa. I, I, right. I'm trying to see what they don't, what, what they're ready to do. Tomatoes and sweet potatoes is up, but ain't nothing coming up. Right. The sweet potatoes and the spinach is real not good. They low, they low as I bought them. So I just, you know, practice and make purchase. Yeah, it sounds like you'll grow a lot of different things. Well, I did. I, stuff I like. I don't grow this stuff I don't like. <laughs> you know, but the, those are things that me and my mom, you know, eat all the time, you know, and she's 98, so I let her have whatever she wants. All right. Sounds great. <laughs> well, good luck, Joyce. You have a good flowers day. Yep. And now let's go over to Bob's yard. Hi, Bob. Morning, Mike. Hi. I have sound like I have kind of the same problem this lady had. I have uh, I have broccoli, Brussels sprouts, and some cauliflower, and they're in a raised garden. There's a there's a what's called rabbit fence all around them. Nothing mm-hmm. can get to them, and the leaves are they're like being chewed up. And like she said, in, in the leaves there be big holes, and I've looked so closely at them, even with a flashlight, I cannot see any bugs or any worms. I've sprayed them with uh, something called neem oil, 70%. Right. And doused them big time. And that's supposed to be semi-organic. I think it keeps them that way. Yep. And and But, the, but as far as growing, uh, I've fertilized them and watered them. They're growing, I mean, really growing big. I mean, they're doing really well. But I can't figure out what in the world is causing these leaves and all to be chewed up like this. I thought maybe birds flew in. I don't see tracks. Rabbits can't get to it because of the fencing. So can you, if there if there were worms or bugs, wouldn't I see them on the plant somewhere? Check early in the morning and always check on the underside of the leaf. Okay. And that's you know best way to try to figure out what's actually doing it. But it does have to be some live something or another doing this, right? It wouldn't just be some kind of a disease or something they would all have. No, not all... all of them. It's not going to you know, impact them. And again, just like I told her, it's getting near the end of the season for those guys because the weather's getting hotter and hotter and hotter. So they're almost right. you know, going to be heading downhill. But they're growing great. I mean, they've, just, they've exploded out of there. I oh, mean, great. as far as their 
I mean, they look great where they are, but other than these holes, you know, some of the leaves are on the edge just chewed up, and right in the middle of a big leaf, there'll be a, a hole. Well, okay, I'll I'll look under the I'll look under the leaf. Yeah, and see. on the I'll, bottom of the leaf for sure, and then along the stems too. Now, isn't neem oil a good choice? Yes, yeah, you know that works fine. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I'll douse them with that again. <laughs> right. Again, all you right. know these all these insecticides really have to be in contact with. Right. They have to hit the insect, or else it's not. I mean, just preventative spraying is not going to work. Well, according to neem oil, it also kills larvae. If right. It, if if it's right, I mean, if I'm reading it right. Right. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate your time, and I'm glad to have you on my show, because if you weren't there, I wouldn't be calling in, Mike. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Sure. Thank you. 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. We do have some phone lines open, and we'll be back after these messages. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Find out what's happening with your Redbirds from the manager himself, Oliver Marmol. Sunday mornings at 10.15 on Sports on a Sunday morning. And Wednesday mornings at 9.50. The Ollie Marmol Show on Cardinals Radio, KMOX. Let's head over to John's plant world. Hi, John. How are you? Good. How are you this morning? Very good. I wanted to ask you about two things. I've got annuals that I have planted, and I've got a boxwood, but two boxwoods out in front of my house. My house faces directly south. It's a lot of light. It, uh, as far as the annuals go, is there a time of the year when you want me to stop uh, putting miracle Grow on? Uh, basically, you can go all the way up until uh, probably, I'd say... Uh, maybe mid-September. I wouldn't necessarily fertilize after that because it's not going to make that much difference on the, you know, the aesthetic value of the annuals. Okay, thank you. Sure. And I do it about every two weeks. Is that appropriate, every two weeks? Yes, exactly. That's a good timing process. Okay, they really are responding. I planted them about a month ago, so they're established, so now they're really taking that in and loving it. Right. Uh, the last way, that question I have is I have some well-established boxwoods uh-huh. that are just looking ratty, ratty looking. Uh, I want to go ahead and prune those and pretty them up. What's the rule? What, no more than 25, 30% or is it too late to go that drastic? I would say this late in the season because of the heat coming up, I would not, you know, I'd do minimal pruning right now. I've got, you know, I've got a couple boxwood too and one of mine is close is growing uh, close to a cypress tree in not a bald cypress, just a regular cypress. And consequently, the side that's, you know, being shaded by the cypress is really looking bad. So sometime soon I'm going to have to cut out really lots of stems because the foliage on it are all turning brown. So I would say with you, 
I, I don't necessarily, if it's not dead stems, I would not do any cutting because you could get some sunburn on the remaining of the uh, foliage after the cut is made. Well, okay, should I do it later in the fall or should I wait till next spring? I would say sometime after Valentine's Day is the best time to be pruning them. Okay, thank you, Mike. Happy Father's Day. Same. Thank you. And now let's go to hmm, 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 Linda's yard. Hi, Linda. Hi, Mike. Hi. Uh, I wanted to say to that lady who was trying to grow, I don't know, I think she sounded like she just had new plants on those cauliflowers and some of those things, that she can start all that stuff really early, like even end of February, 1st of March. Right. That's the time uh, to plant them, not now. Right. I'm surprised garden centers even still have those. That's kind of rotten. (laughs) You're not going to get nothing out of those. Right. Yeah, and our lettuce, we had beautiful romaine lettuce that already bolted, too. And then the people that are calling in about tomatoes and, um, I don't know, that other guy was talking about bites in the middle. But uh, a couple of years ago, when our garden, up at, it's up at the Cliff Cave Library on Telegraph. It's a community garden, and there's woods behind there. And the deer came, and they ate our tomatoes. We had to go across the street to Handyman Hardware and get four-foot-tall chicken wire Gee. put all around them. But this year, they were eating our Swiss chard, so we put some low chicken wire and, like, a top on it. But the other suggestion is um, a friend of mine said her hostas are not being eaten this year because she's putting garlic, using garlic on them. And my garden club planted a community garden down at Cliff Cave Park, and that place is inundated with deer everywhere. And uh, one of the ladies suggested taking Irish spring soap and a potato peeler, like you're, you know, you're peeling a potato right. and just shave it on the plants. And we planted that. I shouldn't really brag, but we planted that a month ago. And no deer have bothered it at all. I shaved two bars of Irish spring on it and, That'd smell a lot better than garlic. <laughs> True. Uh, yeah, the Irish Spring is very effective, so the deer just don't like that fragrance at all. Right. And the other thing I wanted to call about last week, I never got around to it, is we're using, we actually bought it, but I think you can make it. We're using worm castings, which you can get them online. I think early in the season you can get them at Costco or maybe garden centers have them. I haven't tried that. But we actually ordered off of Amazon a worm casting tea, which was, it's a concentrate in a bottle. You just use like a teaspoon per gallon. Oh, really? And our friend, that's really effective. Our friend had some pepper plants that she grew. You know, she likes to start plants down her basement under grow lights. So she did that, and they look kind of puny. I think it was, oh, yeah, around Memorial Day. And so we put that on. We were watching her garden while she was on vacation. We put that on her pepper plants, and they instantly became vibrant green, and they're growing beautifully now. Well, that's great. That stuff. And we used it on, I hope everybody, I'm glad we didn't pull out our Nandina bush that looked completely dead. We put it on there, too, and I noticed that our bush is the same size as bushes at the nursery, about 39 or $45. So I'm really glad we didn't pull that bush out. But those that worm castings, and the worm castings have no smell to them. They can go, you know, you put them on the bottom, I think down in the hole when you plant plants, in um, 
I use them in window boxes and hanging plants, plants in the ground, everything. So you can use it in potting soil to kind of boost that into garden soil. But that stuff works terrific. Great. Well, thanks for the insight. Yeah, but if those people don't see any bugs, I would say possibly, you know, check for deer tracks and maybe just put some some garlic, you know, on them or the Irish spring soap. Right. So, I don't know. There you go. That's some just some tips for my garden that have been working. That sounds perfect. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> You're Thanks. welcome. Bye. Yep. And now let's go from Linda's over to Debbie's. Hi, Debbie. Hello, Mike. Um, I'm calling about my husband's trying to grow uh, tomato plants and some green peppers. The green peppers are coming out all deformed. And it's a bell pepper. And um, then it looks like some of the buds now are starting to just dry up. Uh, And that's the first problem. Okay, so is he fertilizing? Uh, He hasn't yet. Um, But these peppers really look strange. They're curled and thick at one end and pointed at the other. And like I said, they're supposed to be bell peppers. Right. So, I mean, just trying to grow bell peppers and get them to look like they do uh, from the store or from, uh, you know, other places, that might be a little difficult. So just realize that. And bell peppers and tomatoes need the same kind of fertilizer. So using tomato food on both of them would be advisable. I don't know uh, if... I would any of the fruits that you know is sort of scaring you from an aesthetic standpoint. I'd just get the get rid of those and see if you can get you know get some uh, other flowering and then consequently get the flowers to get pollinated and get fruit production. Okay, these are in pots, and so right next to it, he has this tomato plant that the leaves are starting to thicken, and underneath, when you look under the leaf. It looks like the the veins of the leaf are turning like a silver or a darkened color. And after it goes up the main middle uh, vein, the veins that spread out onto the leaf, those start turning. And the leaf is, then it gets some black spots that uh, they're real irregular, little tiny ones and, um, you know, bigger black spots. Right. Is this a fungus, or what's that's going what, on with this thing? That's sure. That's what it definitely sounds like is a fungus problem. So, you know, as far as control, using a fungicide and things like that, it may be effective. It may not. So when he's watering, is he just watering the soil, or is he watering the plants? He said he's just watering the soil. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, that will certainly, that's what you should be doing, not getting the plants really wet. So just so. Right. Uh, Go to your favorite garden center and tell them you've got a fungus on your tomatoes and see what they'd recommend. Okay. And uh, this pepper plant, would that fungus be affecting it? It's I mean, the leaves of it haven't, they've really lightened up a little bit, but they haven't turned anything like this tomato plant. Right. I mean, it but, could be a fungus. I mean, they are you know, related to each other. But uh, beyond that, it's just it's difficult to say that that's what's causing it. Okay, well then, that's what we'll do. We'll get the fungicide on it, right? And we'll be we do have the Miracle Grow uh, tomato and plant food, so we'll be using that too. But 
we'll wait. We'll, should we give the fungicide a chance to work before we start uh, fertilizing that tomato plant? No, I would go ahead and fertilize. Okay. All righty. Thank you so much. Sure. My pleasure. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Let's head over to Kathy's. Hi, Kathy. Good morning, Mike. Hi. Um, I have uh, six hydrangeas that are about five to ten years old. And uh, last year they all bloomed very nice all summer long. But um, this year I only have one bloom out of six hydrangeas. And I cut the dead branches, which didn't leaf out, you know, early in the spring. Right. I cut those off. And um, I just, I fertilized, and I just don't have any more signs of um, buds at all. And I'm just wondering if you think that could be affected, like, by the weather that we had in the last year? Or is it going to be better next year? Or what can I do for them? Well, definitely, you know, certain hydrangeas in certain locations we're impacted adversely by the weather. So my guess is if you've had success with them in the past and you didn't have it this year, it is weather-related, and not, there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah, you made me sad because you were talking about some that you saw earlier that were so beautiful. Right, there year. are some that are spectacular right now. <laughs> oh, okay, well, thank you very much for your show. I really enjoy it. Well, great. And now let's go to, to Don's yard. Hi, Don. Good morning, Mike. Thank morning. you for taking my call. Um, my problem is, uh, do uh, sidewalk salt kill uh, vines that that grow close to like a, a ground-covering vine that's hard to that grows all year round that stays green? I'm trying to get rid of uh, the vine that stays green all year round. And I was told a cheap way of doing it is buying some sidewalk salt that uh, will kill it. Uh, So I wanted your uh, personal opinion on it. I would say do not do that because it may kill the plants that you're trying to kill, but also it's going to really ruin your soil. So then you're not going to be able to grow anything there at all. Yeah. uh, Well, I, the soil, well, it's going to be a, a, a bare space because I want to try to get the uh, vine pulled out or just cut it down, you know what I mean, because you can't keep, I can't cut it with a weed eater or nothing like that because the vine is so tough and so hard. So now would I get the type of salt, sidewalk salt? That's real hard or the kind that's in little small pebbles and water it in? I would say, I don't know, even know if you can buy it this time of year, but again, just realize you're going to poison your soil. So unless you just want this to be a muddy spot for the future, just keep that in mind. Yeah, well, it's it's an area that is not in use at all. It's just a a blight spot, you know, okay. at the edge of a fence, you know what I'm saying? Right. So uh, I just wanted to know, you know, if the sidewalk salt will kill it, and then I can kind of jerk it out because it, it take a machine almost to pull these vines out because it's so tough. Right. So I would really consider just using an herbicide as opposed to salt. 
herbicide. Yeah, herbicide, you know, for broadleaf plants. So broadleaf weed killer. And uh, just go to your favorite garden center. So thank you very much. Let's head over to Wayne. Wayne, can you do it kind of quick? Hello, Wayne? Nope. Wayne, are you there? Yes, I am. You got to do it kind of quick. Okay. Uh, I got a whole bunch of uh, acorns, oak trees, little little trees. Probably got two, three hundred in my yard. Yikes! And I got some some brush killer, and it got hot, and now I got dead spots all over my yard from spraying on that. Is there anything I can do about that, or wait till fall? Yeah, there's not too much, you know, as far as. I'm assuming this is lawn area. Try to yes. grow, you know, from seed this time of year is going to be more trouble than what it's worth. So you're going to have to kind of live with it as it is and then just wait until, you know, late August, September, then get the grass seed and uh, go after it from that standpoint. Oh, wait till fall. Right. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Sure. My pleasure. And just make sure that you prepare the soil too, like, with a, getting a core aerator, putting some compost down. Don't just throw the seed into these, you know, dead or brown spots because it's probably not going to be able to germinate and get itself well established. So just realize that you're going to have to do some preparation for this too. Just tear tear up the old stuff. Right. Exactly. Okay. Well, thank you very much, and happy Father's Day. Sure. And uh, I don't think we can probably get another one in. So. Everybody just enjoy the weather, but also keep those soaker hoses and sprinklers and irrigation systems going because your plant material is getting pretty dry. I mean, just go out there and take a a weeder or any trowel or something and try to push it down into the ground. It's very, very difficult to do. So I don't know know, what's going to happen as far as they talk about possible weather, rain-wise and everything else, but uh, hmm, who knows. So anyway, have a great week, and I will see you next week. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.